This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, let me tell you what's happening in the battleground today. It's Friday, 9 September, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Breaking on Reuters. Let me read a headline to you, ladies and gentlemen. U.S. household wealth suffers record drop in second quarter. U.S. household wealth suffers record drop from Reuters, 9 September. U.S. household wealth fell by record, wait for it, $6.1 trillion in the second quarter to its lowest in a year as a bear market of stocks far outweighed further gains in real estate values, a Federal Reserve reported. By the way, real estate values starting to drop throughout the country, too. We're going to get into all that. we got Matthew Tiermans from Sweden, uh, who's going to do an amazing report on the Swedish Democrats. We've got the great Dave Walsh on energy and Dave Bratt on the, on the Biden administration put out a whole new economic plan. But I want to go back and finish our guest from the last hour, uh, Kenneth Woodard from Chicago. And Matthew Tiermans, who happens to be in Sweden tonight, is also... Uh, lives in his beloved Chicago, or did, I think, until recently. Kenneth, you had a brilliant statement at the end. I just want you to repeat that, what the action plan is that we need to do, sir. So, Steve, we need to vote in light, which means uh, people who represent our values, people who represent conservative values, and who are going to fight against darkness. We need to vote in light, but we need to pray out darkness. There's a spiritual side to this war, and I don't know if people realize this, but if we can get together, even as the war room posse and begin to pray, it will literally change things. I think people believe that things do change when you pray, but a lot of times people don't pray with authority, Steve. They'll say, you know, God, please do this. God, please do this. I mean, when I saw yesterday the news about you and, and being perp walked and all this, I knew it was unfair on its face. So my prayer was, I declare for Steve Bannon favor and grace with jury, judges, lawyers, and the whole entire process. And I, I'd probably be a better law student and have better grades if it wasn't for the nights I've spent praying for this city. I mean, that video that you showed was just it's unconscionable, but that's why we need to pray. We need to vote. We have 60 days to get this done, but it is not enough just to vote. We need to be on our knees. And even when I, Steve, when I vote and I put my ballot in that ballot box, I pray over that ballot. I say, this is a ballot that will not be stolen. It's going to count for what it's supposed to count. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my ballot and over my family. And I think if we got that concept, I mean, you talk about it a lot, the spiritual, the politics, but we need to put that into action, 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 because there are no conspiracies, but there are certainly not any coincidences either. So we need to take this to the spiritual realm as well. Kenneth, absolutely brilliant uh, and very moving. Uh, how do people follow you on social media, sir? Sure. So I'm on Getter at The Kingdom Podcast. And since we're talking spiritual, I actually want to put up uh, my wife's Instagram, which is at Communion More Than Coffee. One of the things that we do, again, we're here in Chicago, we're native here. And one thing that we do is we do communion all the time. We love coffee, 
Um, I haven't tried the my coffee yet. We'll get there. But we love coffee. But what we try to do is we put the communion ahead of the coffee. Because what is communion? It's communion with Christ. And when we feel close to Christ, we can be those warriors that go out in the political field and the war field. And there's no fear. You know, you see my dreads here. And I'm telling you, this is not a medicinal statement. What it actually is, is a statement about that that God that I serve, Jesus, who is a lion of Judah. Sure, he's the lamb, but he also is this ferocious lion. And we need to get that part inside of us when it comes to praying away some of the darkness that we're seeing actually overcoming our country. You saw what happened with Joe Biden in that speech. It was totally demonic. I actually began to pray. And I'm feeling like Every time I see something coming out of this administration, I'm led to pray. But that's what we're supposed to do if we're going to turn all this around. We have to pray. Kenneth Woodard, incredibly impressive. Thank you very much for joining us today from Chicago. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me. Let me go to Matthew Tierman. Matthew, I want to connect dots here. You're actually in Sweden and you've been given speeches and you've been following the huge vote for the Swedish Democrats. But a lot of what's happening in Sweden, it is about economy, but a lot of it's about crime and law and order. You just heard uh, Kenneth there from uh, from Chicago. One of the reasons I think you I don't know if you're still in Chicago. Now I know you live in my part of the time in Miami, but part of it was just the crime. What's happened in Chicago is happening throughout our culture. You're even seeing in Sweden. Is that correct, sir? Oh, that's 100 percent correct. Uh, Look, the Swedish Dems grew up as a reactionary party in reaction to one policy area, and that is open borders migration. The open borders migration that the institutional left allowed in countries like Sweden and countries like Germany, incredibly wealthy, productive, industrious northern European countries. And the left said, you know what? We're going to open the borders because we believe in multiculturalism and they have been unmoored from the value systems. So they are totally cultural relativistic and they opened their borders and they had tons of people come in who refused to assimilate, who were motivated by one thing, not a better life for their kids, but a exploitation of the social welfare system that these wealthy countries would accommodate. And that works maybe on a small level for a short period of time. Now we're 15 to 20 years into this social experiment. And it's a disaster. You've got an epidemic of mass rape. And now all of a sudden the Swedes are kind of waking up and saying, you know what? This combined obviously with the most recent occurrence, the energy spike. I spoke to one Swedish friend of mine here today and he said that his energy bill year over year for the month of uh, for the month of August is five times what it was last year. So people are waking up and this could be setting up for a cataclysmic uh, change electorally this Sunday, which is why I'm here and reporting for you. Okay. This is why this is why we got Matthew Tiermann, the social Demo- the Swedish Democrats. This is going to be huge, just like in uh, 2016. Brexit was the forerunner of the Trump victory. Uh, before I get to Dave Walsh, Tiermann, uh, you sent me a, a ton of great clips today. Greta Thunberg is on the campaign trail. What is her pitch in the closing hours of this and why would they put her out there? So officially, she's not on the campaign trail. But it was funny because I was meeting a, a friend of Swedish Parliament at MP. I've been uh, trying to cover what's going on in this electoral cycle. And I just show up there. There's an alley, sort of a, a street, a mini street by the river that separates the royal palace and the Swedish parliament, the Reichstag. And there, huge police presence. You've got Greta Thunberg on stage with a poster, a backdrop behind her. People not profit. By the way, her speech was in Swedish, but that was in English. International marketing. And right behind her on the other side of her was a LGBT flag. 
Uh, I don't know what that has to do with climate change, but she was stumping hard for all of her agenda items. And one of the chants that she was running as she marched over to the rally site with her followers was no racist, no fascist on my streets. I don't know what that has to do with climate change, but somehow they're conflating. Wow. I asked a wow. friend of mine, has she been in society over recent weeks, months, years? She's been nowhere. They trotted her out. She's officially not a member of a party. She's an issue-based advocate and uh, activist focused on climate change. But here she was on the Friday before the Sunday election uh, running chants like international solidarity. Uh, uh, we only have one planet. This, to me, sounded like Workers of the World Unite rebranded to the 21st century green yeah. agenda. The economic warfare didn't work. So now no, no, no the, the, yeah, the, 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 the racism, no racist or fascist on my blocks. This means they're going to make your life uncomfortable if you vote for the Swedish Democrats. Trust me, this is bringing it right home. Let, hang on for a second, Matthew. We got more on this. We got Brazil. President Trump today endorsed Bolsonaro. A lot going on, but I want to bring in Dave Walsh. Dave, walk me through the the economics, the, the Swedes' crime and the out of control immigration is number one, but the inflation and particularly energy. Where do we stand today? You saw where the 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 last act of the Queen, and we're going to have uh, Peter McIlvaney join us here in a moment. The last official uh, act of the Queen was to allow Liz Truss to uh, uh, you know put together a government, right? Because she's been voted the head of the Conservative Party. First thing she does is says, hey, I'm going to freeze your electric bills. I'm going to freeze your energy bills for two years. What's the latest uh, on, on the energy crisis in Europe, sir? Well, quickly, Steve, the scorecard on Liz thus far, we've got three things. A plus on 130 drilling permits in the North Sea. She wants to cut loose. That's great. Uh, make fracking legal in the U.K. was deemed illegal two years ago. Now make it legal. That's her agenda. That's terrific. The price cap thing is, uh, it's out of the French playbook on EDF, tried twice, bankrupted EDF. It's been tried in California, another leftist energy state, if you will, bankrupted PG&E on the same tactic. You know, bankrupting uh, utilities, by that's what winds up happening when you set price caps on electricity and natural gas. It, it you know, causes them to have difficulty funding and raising capital going forward and causes them to lose a lot of money and can cause them to go bankrupt, which then the state takes over and you've got, you know, then government running the problems they caused. So that's not a great thing. Um, spot prices on gas still way high. They they radically moved today between 202 bucks per decatherm, October futures, and 220 in Holland. So still very, very high. Um, you know, they're working away at the storage, 85% of storage capacity supposedly full. Um, over here, you know, we got, uh, on this, on this, uh, wealth crisis, uh, household wealth decline by over 6 trillion yes. in Q2 gas demand. I said a month ago was down 9% year on year. It's now down 11%. If you look at the period 15 to 19 gasoline demand, so 11% and worse than the pace than it was in August of 2020, when we had all of the half the economy was shut down, gasoline demand is back to that level. So I'm again, I questioned a couple of weeks ago, the uh, U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis GDP decline to 0.6 percent. I'm thinking it's far worse than that. In reality, we've got aluminum smelters being shut down in the U.S. now due to electricity cost, steel plants being cur curtailing activity over here. Also, not just Europe. So we, we've got, uh, we're way into a recession. There's no question about that. 
and it is energy driven. In large there's no question. You, you, you see the you see the drop in, in demand. It's absolutely no doubt. People are changing yeah. their lifestyle. You see the drop in, in six trillion dollars in household net worth. Real quick, before I go back yeah. to Tiermont, and I want you to hang on. Uh, the, the guys in Sweden are saying, "Hey, my bill's up five times, not fifty percent, five times." What relief is in it for him if he doesn't vote in a party like the Swedish Democrats that can do something along the lines that Liz Truss is trying to do in the United Kingdom? Well, no relief because you know price caps is a theory. By the way, the whole the whole EEU is evaluating this as a group. They're they're going to try to form an 18 nation consortium to cap prices of gas being imported from Russia and elsewhere, and then have some relief on collateral rules on electricity trading. But the price cap thing is it is another activity that winds up stifling production. And and what is needed now is the opposite: North Sea production. Conventional drilling in North England and in Sweden and Norway is all over this in a positive way, has been ramping up North Sea production even before this so-called crisis. They've got a big field coming into play here this fall. Sweden's got to catch on with that and, and the UK. Raise production, not not price caps, but get, get North Sea yes. production elevated, get natural gas fracked in England, conventional drilling, move ahead with that, get back to some mining, open up coal plants as Germany has done. 10,000 gigs of coal have been reopened in Germany, 10 plants. That's a necessary. England's got to do the same thing. Hang on for a second, Dave. I want to go back to Tiermont. Tiermont, uh, in this, in the economic part, how big is that playing versus this? Because the immigration is out of control. The violence is out of control. The mass rapes are out of control. What's your, what's your, uh, is, is the, are the Swedish Democrats finally going to be able to pull this off after all the years of knocking at the door? Well, you know, let's go back about 18 to 24 months. The Swedish Dems in a poll, and this was a non-electoral cycle poll, they actually at one point in the last 24 months polled number one in the country at 25 percent when the incumbent social Dems were at a very low approval point. And then they pivoted to the center and they lost that. And I told them, as you know, you would double down be aggressive. What got you here? The silent majority is angry. They've been screwed over by the incumbent establishment. They may not understand exactly how it is that the elite have sold them out, but they know something's rotten in the state of Denmark to conflate a a Scandinavian metaphor. Uh, And so they know that the crime is through the roof. That was already a tailwind for them that has placed them into a position where they will be the second uh, largest vote getter in this cycle. Now you've got this economic headwind to the country that's affecting everybody. So there's a good chance that they can peel off enough votes. They may be forming a government on Monday. This is like Israel. It could take months. It's going to be ugly. Parliamentary politics is. There are eight parties, four hold, left. Hold, hold, hold it. This is why, this is why we have Tierman over there. He's one of the best guys around and putting this out because nobody said this yet. You're actually calling. You think there may be a shot. That the Swedish Democrats and the government won't come together immediately. They'll fight on like in Israel. They'll fight for this for weeks. You actually think right now, as you see it and you're reporting, you see a path that the Swedish Democrats could actually be the party that forms the government in Sweden? Look, it's not money good. Would I be buying out of the money calls on this? Maybe. Would I be buying in the money calls on this? Probably not. Because it's not a simple, it's like they're in a coin flip right now. That's not, you know, you don't bet your life on a coin flip. But five years ago, they were nowhere. They were a reactionary fringe that the media painted as neo-Nazis. Now, all of a sudden, a huge portion of Swedish society says, you know what? I don't agree with what the media is saying. These are the guys who have irrational conclusions about what ails us and might have a policy platform that could help us come back and be make sweet. Even Politico. This is actually very interesting. 
Politico ran an article yesterday entitled Make Sweden Great Again, The Rise of the Swedish Dems. Because the yeah. guys at Axel Springer, who now own Politico, they're not stupid. They understand the pulse in politics in the arenas that they cover. And even they're hedging themselves. They know there's a shot here. So potentially the social Dems go from 30 percent to 25. That five point delta swings over to the Swedish Dems. Wow. And all of a sudden, trying to coalesce wow. the parties. Maybe they're forming a government. It's a pretty interesting parliamentary system here. It's a lot more honest than Germany or France or even Poland in the way it's structured. It'll be competitive. Here's here's be- here's the interesting thing. At Breitbart, we started reporting this, obviously, at the war room, been all over it. But people have been dismissing this issue with the immigration, the, the problem with the mass rapes, the, the rise in crime, and that Swedes were finally going to have a belly full of it. But you can see right now there's something... Underway. Okay, before I go to Brad and, and back to Walsh, I got to ask you, President Trump today came out and endorsed uh, Bolsonaro. You spent a lot of time in Brazil for us. Walk us through how big a deal is this for Bolsonaro? Look, everybody tell me Bolsonaro is getting smoked. I saw the, the celebration of their, their Independence Day. There were hundreds of thousands of people on the beaches in, 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 in these rallies for Bolsonaro. And Lula spent the day pulling a Joe Biden in his basement. Matthew Tierman. Uh, you know, What Stalin said, it's not who votes, it's who counts the votes. And right now in Brazil, it is really not a healthy democracy. The Supreme Court oversees the electoral administration. They've got law enforcement. They have electronic ballots being run by Dominion, uh, you know, the Venezuelan company. Uh, This is going to come down to the counting of the votes. And the Supreme Court is made up of, quote unquote, justices led by Alexander Moraes, who have been appointed by Lula da Silva and Dilma Rousseff. These people were in bed with China. They were selling Brazilia's re- Brazil's resource wealth to China for cash and bags. Google Operation yeah. Car Wash. Yeah. Want to hear all about it? This led to prison sentences. Lula, the Supreme Court, let him out. I think that if it was an honest election, Bolsonaro would win a landslide. It's not going to be an honest election. As Stalin said, it's who counts the votes. And I'm really worried about Brazil. You remember one year ago this week, Jason Miller and I were, and Gerald, our mutual friend, were detained on the tarmac by the Supreme Court. They wanted the names of everybody they met with so they could do commie-style raids. It's going to be very, very worrisome the end of this yeah, month. Big Matthew, hang on for one second. I want to go to Dave Brad. The White House put out today, on the, on the exact day, that they that Reuters announces and the Federal Reserve announces the a record drop in household net wealth. And we told this audience a couple of weeks ago, I say, hey, look, the inflation's eating away the 17 months in a row that your the real wages are dropping. So they're killing you. You're going to work every day and you're and you're and you're losing or falling behind because of inflation. But wait for it. Your own balance sheet, your assets are about to implode. I hate to say we called it, but we knew it was going to be bad. I didn't know it was going to be a record. $6.1 trillion, and they're not even really factoring in the mark-to-market real estate because the real estate's dropped. People are just not saying, hey, we'll pull the house off the market and not sell it. So you're going to get hit even worse. Dave Brett, at that time, they're selling yelling around on the uh, out. We had Cortez on this morning about Yellen's going around like a pitch salesman. The White House puts out, if we can put this up, the White House puts out the Biden-Kamala Harris economic plan. Dave Brett, you've had a short time to assess it. Uh, does that make me feel better on a day that a record's been announced on the $6.1 trillion loss to net worth of American citizens, sir? Uh, no, I'm going to get to that, but uh, you're the Oxford Don, and so I, I have to respond uh, with tying together everything you just put together with Tiermond and Walsh and all this stuff in Europe. Uh, people need to realize when you talk about Sweden and Europe, et cetera, uh, 
I did my PhD in economic growth. And so you can go to Robert Barrow. He's the Don at Harvard Economic Growth. He plugged uh, the Protestant religion and religion into his growth equations and found it to be highly significant. And then, okay, you don't trust him. Go to Bradford DeLong at Berkeley. He did the same thing. He plugged the Protestant religion in and the T stats jumped through the roof. Uh, and then there's a guy at Michigan named Swanson. Who, why is this? Well, it's not over debates about the Nicene Creed or et cetera. It's the, the Protestant nations decentralized, Sweden decentralized. They had huge growth from, you know, 50 through, through 85, 90, et cetera. And then Man-Q does the same thing. And then Salah E. Martin uh, at Yale uh, wrote a paper called Why Iran Won Million Regressions. And then I ran regressions and stuck the Protestant thing in there. And the T-stats are through the roof. And Swanson the interesting, his thesis as to why this happened was because in these countries, you had revolutions from beneath, from the people, right? And so go look at the literature. That's science that you won't find that anymore. And so, right, you just mentioned the, the new policy papers out of the White House. And I, I got a few headlines. Uh, they, they say that the, the, the policy, they're going to make the economy more resilient, helping supply chains, reducing the place of big concentrated businesses. The oligarchs, right? While they totally favor China and the oligarchs, the big five tech firms that are all Democrat, right? Facebook, Google, Twitter, all of them. Uh, their, their market cap is greater than all of Europe combined, right? So let me just go down the list. They're adding 87,000 IRS agents. None of this is new. They're building worker power through unions uh, right now. But fine, right? Let, let the people decide how they want to govern corporate governance. Uh, but the current regime is is uh, the economy's tanking, getting rid of jobs. Uh, yes, improving. They said they're going to improve the immigration system while millions of folks flow over our borders illegally and fentanyl from China. So you got to, you know, you got to say, do I believe my lion eyes? They're going to bring down inflation, uh, government spending. Uh, you know, John Taylor, Stanford, does the inflation guy. Uh, the Fed needs government spending to prop up the Fed increase in money supply. For money supply uh, to multiply, right, you need to have government spending uh, in tandem with it. So uh, I, I don't believe any of that. Adding electrical vehicle charging stations. By the way, the, the, one, the one thing you told me is that this whole, th place, this whole yeah. different, different than the revolutions from the bottom that decentralized, right. that showed growth and yeah. entrepreneurship. Right yeah. here, this is totally top down. I, I got to bring I got to yeah. bring Walsh in the conversation. The clip yeah, we good. showed this morning, Janet Yellen sat there in an electoral vehicle and she said, we're looking to the that we're getting rid of the fossil fuel industry. She, that's a secretary of Treasury's quote. If you read this yeah. document, I think it's 24, 25 pages. There's really nothing. There's nothing but fantasy about energy. Yeah. Dave Walsh, once again, can Europe, can the United States can the Judeo-Christian West solve this economic crisis their elites have gotten into listening to a 12-year-old petulant preteen in Sweden named Greta Thunberg? Can they get out of it unless they, as adults, come to grips with energy? Dave Walsh. Well, Dave's done a great job of alliterating uh, economic growth to religion. I, you know, my religion is electricity and energy. Uh, same point. Uh, we've showed indisputably economic growth is tied to electricity consumption in countries. G high GDP, high electricity consumption, they tie together very tightly on a correlated basis. For us to have the 
Secretary of the Treasury, now now advocating for the environment, which she is doing when she singles out the abolition of our dependence, rid ourselves of fossil fuels. 83% of our energy in the United States of America, all in, is fossil fuel driven. So here we have the Secretary of the Treasury joining the EPA, the Interior Department, and the SEC, all on climate science. Nothing to do with her scope of work, her scope of duties, her official duties, the duties of her department, which is about you know fostering economic growth, fostering a healthy money supply, a healthy dollar, a healthy trade trade balance. We are the largest exporter of natural gas in the world, and she wants to kill fossil fuels. This this is senseless, utterly it's senseless. Unbelievable. We're the it's largest in, no, oil and gas it's insane. It's 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 not Dave. If it was senseless, it's it's insane. It's insanity. It's so a fantasy. Hang on one second, right there, Dave Walsh. Yes, destroy the basically destroy, destroy our industrial trade. capacity. Destroy That's what she's saying. Too. Natural gas is our biggest export uh, product today. Bar, uh, Dave, uh, Dave, we've got um, Brad. We've got about sixty seconds for you. Was there yeah. anything in that report that you saw? that would convince you as an economist that they were serious about true economic growth and not just this continue to pumping money in the system. Anything to get the carcass back alive again, sir? Uh, from a policy perspective, and I had one more to go. This is the beauty, right? This is a literary uh, Orwellian uh, creativity uh, fest. Uh, in, in the policy document, <laughs> they're, they're going to do some reimagining of the federal government's role in improving productivity with a federal government investment project <laughs> uh, across the board, right? And so I don't want any reimagining. I want economic science. And by the way, the American Economic uh, Convention is coming up for the top economists in the world. And by the way, they're, they're still requiring masks at the American Economic Associating oh, meetings. And so y you know uh, those folks are under tremendous political pressure to say the right things uh, by that alone. And that's why we're in, in dire concept. We got to go back to the economic literature, uh, decentralize revolutions from beneath, from the people, the people, the first thousand people in the phone book, no better than uh, most of the Harvard economic departments. And let's put the American people back in charge of, uh, of the government. Uh, the role of the government, by the way, is to produce the institutions yes. uh, that are necessary for property yes. rights, uh, and et cetera, and then let the economy run. And by the, property rights, I mean... <laughs> China is now excluded, right? They are not reciprocal. Dave, Dave, and, uh, Dave, we got, Dave, we got to bounce. We've got to bounce. Good. What's your social media? How do people get to you? Yep. Getter, Brat Economics. I just posted a ton of economic charts yesterday. Go out, share them with young folks in your lives. Dave, Brad, thank you very much. Okay, Kevin Walsh and Tiermont, Tiermont, Sweden. Naomi Wolf's going to join a short break. Be back in Warren Battleground in just a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. 
it is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back to the Battleground. I got Tiermont in Sweden. I got Peter McElveen. He's joining us now in London. I've got Dave Walsh in the United States of America. Matthew, I know you got a punch. It's late. We're going to have you on tomorrow. I just want people to understand something. Massive election on Sunday. The two big ones that are coming before 8 November are Sweden on Sunday, and then Brazil, I think it's October 3rd, the first round, and October 20th, I think, or the 30th, or the second round. Once more, give, quickly, give me your call as you see it before you come back on the show tomorrow. Right now, you think it's a coin flip between the Social Democrats and the Swedish Democrats, which a couple of years ago, people would say it's absolutely crazy. It's a tiny reactionary party that's virulently anti-immigrant, which is not true, right? They're just law and order, and once more, it's right for, they're sovereigntists. So, Tiermann, yep. real quickly, what's your call? Okay. Well, first, I do need to throw in Italy. Two weeks from Sunday, you've got Italian elections for Telly. Oh, that's right. So you've got three ones before November that could basically these are the fights. And and our girl, hold on, hold on, hold on. And and, 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 and the great Maloney is uh, she's on fire now in the polls. We're actually going to cover that tomorrow, too. Also, absolutely. The 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 let's say this. The right wing is starting to represent in Europe, and that's going to be a uh, that's going to that's all we need to know for eight November. It's coming for you, baby. Matthew Tierman. Like, it's 2016 all over. It, you and I have talked about this in the past. Big. I know you're a fan of Neil Howe's book. It's like Kondratiev wave cycle. These things are ebbs and flows. It started 
resulting from 2008 uh, and 9 with the bank bailouts and wave stagnation that led to 2016 and Brexit and Trump. And now we're in the next shooter drop here. Sweden, Italy, Brazil is going to be hard fought. But I tell you, if Sweden goes as well as it could go for the sovereignist yeah. right, we could be talking about a uh, uh, a coalition Big. government of right wing conservatives in Scandinavia, lefty Scandinavia. That's like Brexit. That's cataclysmic in Europe. That is going to have Strasbourg and Brussels pulling their hair out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Democracy's under attack, blah, 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 because the voters didn't vote the right way. And I do need and, to jump over. And, and what did the war and what hold it? And what did the and what did the war room do? What did the war room do? They sent Matthew Tiermon, their most favorite guy over there. Real quickly, Tiermon, before I go to the other guest. A record drop in net worth, $6 trillion in households. We call it a war room. And that's even before marking the market, the real estate. The Federal Reserve yep. goes, oh, well, you know, the real estate values, hey, go try to sell your house a day. You're going to get a 20% downtick. Matthew Tierman, give me a minute on that. Look, we did this when I was with you uh, co-hosting a few weeks ago in D.C. on the markets episode. Uh, you know, 13 years of zero interest rates. We've only started to normalize the cost of capital to three, four percent. Let's see what real estate does when interest rates are at eight, 10, 12 percent, which is going to be what's necessary. And that's still nowhere near Volcker, 1979, 80, 81. But that's what's going to be needed to sop up the excess liquidity of 13 years of malinvestment from zero interest rate policy. ZERP, Christine Lagarde, Jerome Powell, Ben Bernanke. They were all in it to feather their investment banking balance sheet nests. And you know what? It's going to be an ugly reckoning and real estate values are going to get donkey punched. So hopefully, much like the Swedish establishment gets donkey punched this weekend with the Swedish Dem. I do need to just throw in one thing. Dave Bratt cited all these great sure. economists temporaneously. Everyone just needs to read Max Weber, 1900, uh, for the Protestant work ethic. That'll tell you all about <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need to know. Uh, Tiermont, how do people between now and tomorrow on the show, how do they get to you on social media? Matthew.Tiermont, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. Getter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I did a half hour live stream with Tobias Anderson, the Swedish Dem parliamentarian uh, on Getter. It's a must watch. We went in a deep dive on crime, on economics, on the political dynamics here in Scandinavia and in Sweden. It's a must watch on Getter. Jason Miller shared it. Go watch that. I'm going to put it up on my Getter account, War Rooms and Steve Bannons. Thank you very much, Matthew. See you tomorrow. Tierman on the case in Sweden with another call. He said this was going to happen. Let me go to uh, to our own Hearts of Oak, Peter McElveney. Peter, tell us today, uh, and I got, I've kept Walsh around because I want to. Ha he had some very positive things to say about some of the moves that Liz Truss has tried to make as, as the country goes through a major transition. Walk us through King Charles III. He addressed the nation today. What did he have to say, sir? He addressed the nation. This was a pre-record at Westminster Abbey. Um, the public were there. It was open to the public. I was surprised until I realized it was a pre-record. He talked about um, his family owing a heartfelt debt to his mother, talked about uh, a life. Uh, Queen Elizabeth was a life well lived, um, talked about she made sacrifices to duty, her dedication, devotion, uh, Talked about her values. Our values have remained and must remain constant. The role and the duties of monarchy also remain, as does sovereign's particular relationship and responsibility towards the Church of England. That was interesting. Uh, talked about his endeavor to continue to serve the well, nation. Well, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I think, hey, Peter, Peter, quite frankly, I'm not putting this all in war room, but I do think the fact that you were one of the few commentators in, in, in Harnwell really called out the one of her stability, one of her 
stabilizing factors of kind of looking at, you know, uh, the olden days, I would say, and her stability, her, her, her class, her resolve, her, uh, her steadfastness was her Christian faith. And, uh, you know, Prince Charles, when he was prince, King Charles III, has been quite open about, you know, he's kind of a new age guy. Right. He's been very open about access to other religions, uh, looking at things that are uh, spiritual, maybe not religious, maybe not as a direct a strict adherence to the Church of England. I think that's very important that he put it in there. And quite frankly, I think you and Harnwell call it that the nation needs to hear that, although obviously the United Kingdom has gone very secular. Right. And that now has a huge problem with a lot of uh, immigration, particularly from uh, Muslim countries of huge problem. And a lot of these, uh, you know, was it Rotherham and these other cities in the Midlands. But for him to actually point that out in the uh, in his first speech, I think it's pretty dramatic, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it was a great speech and I don't have much love for Prince Charles, for King Charles. Uh, certainly not, but it was a it was a great speech. He caught the tone of the nation. It's about continuity. It's about carrying the um, the role of his mother as queen and continuing that as king. So it is very much he realizes the after seventy years that you need to provide stability and continuity for the nation, especially with a new leader in Downing Street. Um, and he, I think, can do that. So. Although I have many criticisms of his links with the WF of zero um, zero emissions policy, net zero, yet it was a really good speech. I, I watched it twice and came away thinking that he, he caught the, the tone of the nation. And he finished very personally uh, saying, and to my darling mama, as you begin your last great journey to join my dear late papa, I simply say this, thank you. So it connected with, the nation and also connected with his new role, which has to provide stability to the nation. Let's talk about stability for a second. I want to bring in uh, back to Dave Walsh. Dave, you see there could be a political earthquake on uh, on Sunday in Sweden, and they've actually gone to the bullpen, as we say here in the United States, and they brought a Greta Thunberg, the petulant teenager that quite frankly the the european elites kowtowed to right they kind of used her but they kowtowed to her and this is one of the reasons germany i was on with some german people early in the day essentially kind of lighting them up they haven't been these are people in other parties that i don't think have been aggressive enough in giving alternatives particularly on energy policy but i want to just make sure is, is england right now is in the middle of this transaction for peter and the guys you actually think liz trust a couple of her moves besides the price caps hey I'm, you're not going to increase your electric bill which means taxpayers are going to be bailed out bankrupt British electoral countries. I want to go back. The first, other two moves you talked about, make sure people understand that. What did she do and why do you see that as a positive sign? Now, the UK has been uh, held back on North Sea exploration and production consciously for 10 years based on the green movement pressure. Um, she had announced prior to being selected that if she were selected, she would open up 130 permits for new drilling and exploration in the North Sea, which is a very good thing. You know, we had 10 million barrels a day being produced there about 20 years ago. Now 3.5 million barrels, 65% reduction. The UK has been a far bigger part of that than Norway. Norway's hung in there and continued to produce and explore. UK investment and exploration, BP and their firms, way, way down the last five years. So that's a very good sign. And now the uh, fracking, the, the fact of making fracking legal in the UK, that, that's great. That's necessary. Abundant natural gas in the UK in the ground. 
anywhere you've got bituminous coal, and the UK still has plenty of that, you've got natural gas, both conventional and fracked. So hopefully she also pushes on the conventional up north, which there's plenty of. Those are very good things. The caps are usually a difficult thing on utilities, and you can wind up with uh, more government intervention later as they as they default. Utilities yeah. with caps being forced. You're going to see. By the way, you're also going to see this in the United States. So this, you're going to see this at a Newsom and this whole yeah. crowd. One last thing, in Sweden, if Thunberg comes in late and 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 they're defeated, they actually the Swedish Democrats fight to a draw or get close enough. How big is? Do you believe other nations in Europe are going to start saying, "Hey, this kid and what she represents, right, is leading us down a path of really economic collapse"? Do you think that that could be the first uh, domino? Could be in Sweden to 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 start yes. to reject what yeah. she's represented for the last ten years. My extremely close and high-level contacts in Italy tell me there's a 96% chance we're going to have a very conservative government in Italy very soon. Same thing. Yeah, I, I think that's the beginning of a wave that we're seeing. By the way, Georgia Maloney, who I know very well, uh, the polling right now, she's on fire. If Salvini, if she, yeah. the two of them could put together government, be on fire. Dave Walsh, how do people get to you? You're also like Brat. You just got to get her, but, man, you got to go to your account. How do people find you? I'm at Dave Walsh Energy on Getter. Thank you, Steve. Dave Walsh Energy. Dave, thank you for hanging in. The Dave Walsh Energy on Getter. You got Dave Brad Economics on Getter. Uh, make sure you go to both of them. They got constant great updates all day long. I want to go back to Peter. Peter, just walk me through the process. Where where do we go from here? Is I think the Assessor Council really actually meets tomorrow. Walk me through the next couple of days of people can what, what people can look forward to. So the accession council meets tomorrow, and that is the the procedures, the process. Uh, Charles has become King Charles III automatically whenever Queen Elizabeth passed away. So that happened at that moment. But there is a a process. Uh, come as Britain, we do process and procedures. So that has to go through, which is a gathering of, in effect, the the 200 most important people, because you got the accession council and the privy council, and then at 11 a.m. 6 a.m. Eastern time, the trumpets will sound to announce Charles as the king. And it was the old way when the new king would be announced. People didn't know who was going to be king. It was announced from the balcony of St. James, and that will be announced tomorrow at 11 a.m. That's the main process for tomorrow. And then the next day, it's the queen's body being moved to Holyrood and then eventually coming down to London on Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday, I believe. Okay, Peter, we're going to be dialing into Hearts of Oaks a lot, working with you guys a lot as you walk us through this process and this procedure of the stability of the uh, of what the crown has provided to our mother country, the British people, particularly in a time of transition. Remember, it's a conservative party, and I keep saying unless they move boldly, very boldly, there's not going to be a Tory party in a year because this economic uh, tidal wave that's about to hit the United Kingdom is going to be very, very ugly. Peter, how do people get to you? We'll try to get you back on tomorrow, too. How do people get to you on social media? At Hearts of Oak on Getter is the best place. Every Monday and Thursday at 8 p.m. UK, so 3 p.m. Eastern time with guest interviews. And every Saturday, 3 p.m., we have a news review. So Monday, Thursday, and Saturday was at Hearts of Oak on Getter is the best place. Peter, Peter, how big a, a, a earthquake would it be on Sunday, given your uh, intimate knowledge of uh, of politics in, in the continent, if the Swedish Democrats pull to a tie, to a draw 
with the Social Democrats in Sweden. How big a deal is that? Oh, it would be amazing. I mean, I've watched the Swedish Democrats for five, six years. My time with UKIP, we were watching the Sweden Democrats, and it is so exciting to see them go from a party on the outskirts, rejected, actually to be a party that could actually be the government. It is on that cusp, and it's because Sweden had been destroyed by immigration, open-door immigration, and this could be the fight back from the people. So it is amazing to see Scandinavia fight back, and as Matthew said, going from a liberal left Scandinavia actually to embrace something like the Sweden Democrats. So it is huge. And then two weeks later, Italy. So huge. it is really exciting at the moment for Europe. It's huge. Uh, P uh, Peter, thank you very much. Hopefully see you tomorrow. Thank you. I want to connect dots here. We talk about sovereignty, this huge issue in the United Kingdom. You've also got Sweden. Sweden is really on the ballot, essentially. This unlimited immigration, uh, particularly from people that did not come there to assimilate. Right. And the Swedes open their arms to that. That social experiment, as Matthew Tiermann says, has not worked out over the last 15 years. That's what's on the ballot today. The Swedish Democrats have gone from a marginal party. I've known them for years from kind of a, a marginal. Party. MAGA should take this to heart. Kind of a marginal party talking about borders, talking about culture, talking about language to guess what? Some a, a, a party that can actually be putting together a government on Sunday night. I want to go to Frankie Stokes over at National File. The team over there is just terrific. Frankie, you had a very disturbing story. I want to connect the dots to, from Minneapolis to Sweden. You've got a very disturbing story about what's happening in Minneapolis. Can you walk us through that, ma'am? Yes. Hey, Steve. Thank you for having me on. Oh, uh, hey. So in Burnsville, Minnesota, at, uh, at William Byrne Elementary School, the, uh, the school PTO has rolled out a, uh, a school spirit hijab program. They're selling these hijabs to the kids at uh, online at school events, and it came under the guise of the school district's Somali liaison officer, who has been been brought in to accommodate the burgeoning Somali. Hang on, hang on. Why do we have a Somali uh, coordination officer in a public school by taxpayers in a place like Minneapolis, Minnesota, sir? That's a good question, Steve. Uh, this this school district has had a massive influx of Somali students. Uh, of the school district's 8,000 kids, 15% of them are speaking Somali and not English at home. Um, this has sort of fanned out from Minneapolis. This is a uh, this school district is 15 miles south of downtown Minneapolis, and it has it has become a Somali Somali school district at this point. There. They're selling the uh, the hijabs online. They're selling them to the kids at school, and the local media is celebrating it as a uh, as a wonderful sign of diversity and inclusion. And but 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 but, but 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 hang on for a second. I thought the I thought the hijab was looked at almost in 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 uh, the, the cultures of the West, and particularly the issues they've had in France, as almost a sign of oppression. Am, am I wrong in that? And why would you be then selling it online in a taxpayer public school in a state? like Minnesota? That's a good question. I haven't gotten a response from the school district on that. Um, you know, this district has has been troubled with, with the Somali migrant influx that it's experienced. There's been multiple kids in this district that have, have been arrested and faced federal charges for joining ISIS. One of them was, was killed on the battlefield in the Middle East. Um, so this is an area that Somali culture some Islam has has fanned out and has become a force. Uh, the school board has its first Somali member. Uh, first, she was appointed. She was later elected. 
um, just last year, as a matter of fact. So this is this is a total a symptom of open border culture, and a symptom of Minnesota's issues that they've had in the past. But 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 but, but it, you, this is why I wanted you to have you on the day. And by the way, National File, you guys do great work over there. But I saw this story. I said, hold it, I want to match this up with what's happening in Sweden. The whole purpose of doing this, I thought, was that these folks would come here and they would assimilate. Um, what is what progress are we making in Minneapolis to actually assimilate the Somalia population? We tell me 15 percent of the kids speak speak the language at home. I don't think it's people have a problem with speaking the language at home, but they want to make sure they're learning English and that English is something they're 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 grabbing onto. The problem in Sweden, you see it right now. There hasn't been real assimilation now in 15 or 20 years of doing this. And now the party has been pointing that out. That was started with a handful of people is a party that's about to come to power. Why are authorities in Minneapolis trying to help these kids assimilate into Western culture, sir? Steve, it is it is not beneficial for the left to have assimilation. Um, uh, immigration without assimilation is an invasion, as the saying goes, and that that appears to be what the left wants to accomplish. Uh, Minneapolis's congresswoman, you know, Ilhan Omar, she is she has made a living off of promoting issues in these communities, promoting America as the aggressor in these communities. Um, it's very beneficial not to assimilate when the left is in charge. Tell me, how did it get to you? What's your social media? How did it get to your reporting on on National File? Uh, nationalfile.com. We we track a lot of these issues. We track the issues in the education system, open borders, culture issues, politics, the whole nine yards. Uh, I can be reached on across social media platforms, Gab, Getter, Twitter, at Stocks, S-T-O-C-K-E-S, uh, 76, Stocks 76. One last question. The Republican nominee, is she making this a centerpiece, part of the centerpiece of her campaign and going after Omar? Has Omar agreed to debate her? Is this going to be a big issue in this House race? I remember she beat uh, our, 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 our guy out there, and uh, now she's the nominee, right? Is she, going to, is she going to actually take this to Omar and make Omar defend this? I don't think so. I don't think anyone in the GOP is serious about, about taking this issue to Omar. I, I think that it... It has benefited the establishment of both parties to have this go on as long as it has. Frankie uh, Stokes, or Stocks, thank you very much for joining us. Look forward to having you back on in the story. Yes, sir. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you, brother. Okay. Tomorrow, we're going to be down in Florida. We're going to be reporting. I got General Flynn. We have Tom Holman. We have Lara Logan. Real America's Voice is going to be there. We have a correspondent team. We're going to be going in and out of this voter integrity. Plus, we got news from Italy. We got news from Sweden. We're going to have economics. We're going to drill down on the great on the record, the greatest drop in household net worth in the history of the country. Six trillion dollars. We told you it was going to happen. And that's just a mark to market with the stock market. It doesn't include what's happening in real estate. We told you we're getting hammered both ways, inflation and your assets all tomorrow morning. Where in the war room? Thank you.